Welcome to Radio Finance, the podcast that helps you understand the transformative developments taking place in the world today. Welcome to this Radio Finance session on identity, fraud, and theft. How we fight the dangers of open banking. I am Pu Bunping, Managing Editor of The Agent Banker. Together with our invited guests, we will discuss the different digital fraud scenarios in the financial services industry and how financial institutions are leveraging converged systems and platforms to defend themselves against a broad array of security threats and fraud risk, and at the same time, deliver better customer experience. The COVID-19 pandemic has fundamentally changed the digital banking landscape around the world. This has resulted in a sharp rise in the use of online platforms with financial institutions being pushed to accelerate the digital transformation, enhance, embrace open banking, and create new ecosystems. We are pleased to have expert guests with us who will give us a wide range of perspectives. First of all, we are very pleased to have Patrick Liu, who is the Chief Information Security Officer of Fusion Bank, a newly licensed virtual bank in Hong Kong, which is a joint venture between Tencent, the company behind the super app WeChat, ICBC, the largest bank uh, in the world today, and the Hong Kong Exchange and Hill House Capital. Patrick has wide experience in IT and security, including security operation risk and control and IT audit. Next, we have Ricky Wu, who is the Chief Director and CISO at DBS Hong Kong. Ricky has more than 30 years experience in IT operations and process automation. And finally, we have Sumi Agawa, who is the co-founder of Shape Security, which is now part of the application and network security provider F5. He's the Vice President of Analytic Products at F5 since 2011. He served as a Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense at the Pentagon and later a Vice on Cyber Policy and led the mobile product management at Google. To get us started, I'd like to share the responses to a poll that we conducted among our online readers and followers on the topic uh, before this session, as a lead up to this session. One of the challenges in the IT security, risk and fraud mitigation and prevention function today is that essential parts of network application security, identity management and fraud sit in different function and system within the institution, often not assessing or sharing the same data and information and this creates uh, gaps that can be exploited by Foster and other bad actors in the cyber environment. So we ask this one single question of our respondents. Is an organizationally and technologically integrated approach the only effective way to ensure IT security and deliver optimum customer experience? 71% of the 209 people who responded agreed that an integrated approach is imperative to ensure IT security backed by a converged team and platform to deliver optimum customer experience at a lower operational cost. 17% disagree, saying that an integrated approach to managing new and emerging threats is insufficient as risk remain differentiated and customer experience may be compromised, meaning that different types of fraud require a different organizational or system approach and may not be best addressed through an integrated one. 12% of respondents neither agree or disagree, saying that there is value in overcoming silo responses to sophisticated financial crimes. But large organizational change is slow and varies with institutional risk appetite for digital transformation. Here are further comments given by those who agree. An integrated approach is key for a strong risk management 
approach as it provides holistic monitoring for better efficiency and control. Data is easily accessible and can be used in real time for decision making and for making changes. It enhances customer experience while ensuring protection against security threats during this pandemic. And those who disagree say that an integrated approach may create uh, systematic problems. Minor or less important systems do not need to be converged, only necessary for main ones. This may sometimes lead to less agility on responses and changes. Now, I would like to uh, start our discussion with our guests. I would like to pick on two sides of the proposition for an integrated approach from the experience of your respective institution. What are your thoughts about the poll findings? If you are a new to digital player, would it be natural or more natural to go for an integrated approach. On the other hand, if you are a traditional bank with legacy process, organizational setup, and technology stack, would it present greater barrier for, uh, to adopting an integrated approach and achieve uh, the desired effect? Naturally, we have a lot of data in our daily life and uh, in the banking industry. Uh, we try to get more data to understand our customer. This is also uh, one of the ways we improve our customer uh, journey. And data is so important for us. We put data first uh, when we design cybersecurity. And throughout the data, we understand uh, what can go on, uh, what is abnormal. This is something we call an integrated approach. Uh, we line up different business lines data in a single source, and then we analyze the data, forecast what's going to happen. DBS cannot be considered as a traditional bank because we always position ourselves as a digital bank. From the word integrated approach, more or less from two angles. First of all, organization, what's the organization structure is, what the processes are, are they integrated or they are work silently? And on the other side, from system perspective, they are silently kept or integrated together. For uh, From the organization point of view, departments, business units have to talk to each other. When they think of new initiative, they also have to think about the interest, the concern, and the limitation from other business uh, perspective. Uh, in order to achieve the, the greatest result, they have to be an integrated approach so that all the stakeholders can sit together and share ideas and concerns. From system perspective, no matter it's from data point of view, some data collect from system A, can share but with other uh, system or service, that should be great because some they, they, they need not to reinvent the wheel and some of the behavior characteristic from one system may be useful for other systems as well, both from customer journey perspective or from functionality enhancement perspective. Uh, in terms of security, the answer should be absolute yes, because it's a, a, a saving current system, no matter it's a credit card system. At the end of the day, all the data, all the user behavior, including customer and our internal users, have to be fit into a certain a centralized repository to analyze some unusual behavior is happening down there. So it can respond in a timely manner. Over the last few years, right, I've seen this have gone through your digital transformation as you take on a more customer-centric and digital approach to what you do. Tell us what are the, some of the challenges uh, in uh, adopting a more integrated approach in terms of creating a, a single data source. The largest challenge, first of all, is uh, we have the readiness. If an organization wants to implement so-called integrated approach, is the system allow them to do so? Accessibility of the design, communication among systems, and, and whether their infrastructure can support this sort of uh, approach or not. So uh, this should be taken into consideration in day one, starting from design phase or otherwise, it's very hard to achieve that. Whenever there's a new product being launched, uh, there's a go through a committee which consists of uh, all the stakeholders so they can make sure that are on the same page. This sort of mindset, if they are already in pace, then that will be much better. To me, you have a, a wider perspective working uh, across the financial uh, services industry 
and beyond? What are the application fraud scenarios that you are seeing? And uh, how can the institution better manage this uh, without compromising uh, user experience? The first thing to keep in mind is that criminals and fraudsters are aware of how our organizations are structured. They're aware of the methodologies, techniques, products, and services we use. I have been amazed at the level of innovation among the criminal community. They hyper-specialize, focus on individual parts of the task. Some people are good at network breaches. They collect data. Some people are good at using PII to turn that into monetizable exfiltration schemes and so on and so forth. One of the reasons that I'm strongly in favor of a converged platform is this. The attackers literally attack the gaps between systems. They understand how a network security engineer looks at a problem and they sidestep and circumvent some of those capabilities. They understand how application security engineers or fraud analysts look at a problem. And so if we aren't taking from the defensive side, a holistic view and a converged view, then it just makes the job of the attacker that much easier. Uh, let me add another comment. I see at least 25, to 50% of total resources in the organizations I work with devoted to integration. They buy five solutions from five vendors. They spend half of their energy on data normalization, labeling, tagging. Uh, they have a message bus. They're integrating. Half of the resources are gone and we haven't even begun to create any value because we've just gotten our data organized. The second problem that that creates is that we as a vendor sell a product. It takes a year to implement it in the old days. And then nobody wants to change it. So not only do you blow a lot of your resources on data integration, you slow your pace of innovation down. But when you have a converged platform that is fundamentally kind of integrated end to end, you have a lot more speed, a lot more speed to value. You don't waste all that time on integration and a lot more flexibility in plugging services in and out of that platform. So that's why our whole approach and strategy has now shifted to a converged platform. I wanted to address some of the comments that I saw in the survey about the importance of the best product in a particular category versus a converged platform. I came up with a quick analogy that I just want to uh, walk you through three of the most popular consumer devices over the last 40 years. Sony Walkman music, early cell phone that weighed like two pounds, and the first ever digital camera in 1975. The story over the next 30, 40 years, each of these devices got more powerful uh, by the end of that 35 plus year journey, the devices were magical. They were the stuff of science fiction, thousands of songs, uh, global cellular connectivity, huge amounts of megapixels in these special purpose devices. And they were inexpensive enough for hundreds of millions of people to afford. But in 2007, a device emerges, which is worse in all categories. Worst camera, worst music player, and a worse phone. The only virtue of the iPhone in 2007 is that it was fully converged. Now, some of you might argue that it had an application development environment and a web browser, and that's true, but that really just speaks to the further convergence because when you converge all these technologies, then only do you have the ability to open them up. Let's look at what that convergence did. Here is ride hailing in the 1950s. You stand on the street, you raise your arm and you call a cab. Here is the same activity 50 years later. There's no change. It's the same activity. But when you add that converged device, in less than five years, the entire world began to change its behavior in this fundamental human activity of standing on the street and hailing a cab. And within 10 years, this literally changed from New York City 
to back alleys in Mumbai. Uh, you go to India and you can hail a bike ride on Uber and Lyft and on the equivalent local uh, converged services. So that's all a buildup to the fact that we're getting to the point of convergence in security. I hate to take such an aggressive stance, but on those of you who disagreed, the convergence is going to happen whether you agree or not. The question is, are you going to be able to take advantage of it? The four areas that I want you to think about deeply that are converging are network security, application security, fraud, and identity. In most of the organizations that I work in, these are strongly siloed. They try to share information and data, but they have those problems of lots of time and energy spent on integrating the data, different cultures, brittleness and rigidity. Once they've integrated the data, it's hard for somebody to change what they're doing because it breaks a downstream system. I want to give you a quick case study of how that works on Amazon. I'm using a customer that represents all of the use cases that I've seen. Think about this in terms of volume. Billions and billions of something that happen on the front door to something that only affects a few thousand users. That's the scale, many orders of magnitude of the security, fraud, identity, and analytics problem that happens to large enterprises like your own. On the homepage or on the sign-in page of any one of your large enterprises, you may have hundreds of millions or billions of bot attacks or transactions over a year. This requires a fundamentally different type of strategy and approach, very high transaction volume, very speedy sub 20 millisecond real-time reaction to problems. Failure to do so results in enormous amounts of traffic entering the environment and drowning out all of the other signal. So one of the things that's so amazing about the bot problem is that it seems so simple, but until you solve it, it actually undermines so many of the other things that are happening inside organizations. The second problem that I see in large organizations is scraping. Plaid and Mint and Yodely uh, in the US are examples of financial aggregators who scrape data. Plaid just sold to Visa for $5 billion in January of this year, and their entire business is getting the username and password from a user and scraping all of the account information. They also have read-write capability and they can actually move money if the user wants them to. So this is a serious problem. Users are giving their credentials to a third party. Uh, the third party has MFA tokens. The user will log in, fulfill the MFA challenge, and Plaid will harvest the token, and so will Mint and Yodely. So it's really an amazing thing that represents a further deepening of the challenge and the problem but it's semi-legitimate. It's not criminals and fraudsters. Fraudsters do not operate at the scale of billions of anything. They're operating at the scale of tens of thousands. They are simulating a legitimate identity that belongs to one of your users in order to move money, transmit funds, steal bank balances, and so forth. Very different scale in terms of volume and a different set of capabilities that are required to solve this problem. And finally, you have an amazing thing that I haven't seen everybody else talking about, which is the usability of the legitimate user. What happens while we're chasing down the fraudsters, scrapers, and the bot-based adversaries is that we end up imposing a great deal of friction on the legitimate end user. Here's an example of that. The user doesn't memorize the memorize secret. We call it the memorize secret. It's something the user knows, but in fact, the user often forgets, and this creates a massive usability problem. And so by having a converged platform that uses signal collection and telemetry to solve a bot problem that then brings into identifying legitimate human versus legitimate non-human, which is the scraping problem, that then turns into fraud telemetry, which says, hey, I've seen this user from this device striking these keys to finally saying, 
we can not only improve our FPFN performance, fewer false positives, fewer false negatives, but we can in fact do things like keep users logged in for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days at a time. What we've accomplished with our platform in the US is not only far better results on all of these security related problems, but in the ability to reduce the friction that we impose on users. I call MFA, multi-factor auth, more friction authentication because it really is more friction for end users. We do it as a necessary evil in many parts of the world. In some places, it's considered a regulatory requirement. But I would challenge you, particularly those of you who are looking to the future, digital millennial users, digital natives, new users expect much more friction-free experiences. And so hiding behind regulations is not going to work. We're going to have to find better solutions together. That's really my kind of pitch for why a Converge platform, whether it's from Shapefire or anybody else, but the idea of really breaking down the organizational barriers that exist and getting everybody onto a platform that allows data to flow end-to-end seamlessly is so important. Even if that Converge platform has individual capabilities and features that you think aren't as good as the best of breed, the fact that it's converged might help you experience uh, benefits like these. Um, we've seen a significant reduction in our customers of time spent on data integration. That's about a quarter of the time that I see in a large organization. You can't run great AI algorithms and true machine learning models unless you have well-organized and properly labeled data. Otherwise, you're just running much more primitive capabilities. My pitch to you as security practitioners is, what are you doing to improve user outcomes around friction and delight? Because that is what modern security practitioners are going to have to do. We have to do one, two, and three, because that's our job. That's doing a good job. But in order to do a great job and a phenomenal job, we have to do four, that reduction in user friction is really about delighting the user, and five, about delivering better organizational business outcomes by rescuing legitimate users in distress. Thank you so much, Sumit, uh, for that presentation. Now, in terms of the user outcome, reducing friction, how much of that is an immediate KPI for you? Uh, we talked about taking an integrated approach, but uh, in terms of the resources catered to data integration, reconciliation, and so on and so forth, how much is that taking up your resources today? Also, in terms of open banking with uh, banks, moving towards creating ecosystem where you have to partner third parties, also introduce new uh, traffic into your system, how much of a challenge is that in terms of uh, maintaining uh, security of your environment? At the end of the day, if a bank or organization have uh, adequate controls in place behind the scene, can have the ability to detect or even uh, predict this sort of uh, attack well before it's being happened, for example, some unusual activities, unusual patterns, kind of utilities are from bots, from um, unauthorized users or from hackers, I am, it is much better for organizations to get prepared. I, I totally agree that uh, we are now uh, moving to a more open world. Similarly, uh, as long as we have interface with others, partners, vendors, other banks or regulatory body, fundamentally we have this control in place. My point is no matter what method or attack uh, mechanism is, is happening outside, uh, inside the organization, we have to uh, think about what could go wrong and how can I detect it. A very good example is uh, the COVID-19. We have more staff working from home or remote locations. To mm -hmm. our point of view, those inside the code and co-insider might be outsider now. We, we never know whether he's, he's he or she is she. 
just depends on the password or, or user ID. Can I, can I trust that he is Ricky Wu or he is someone else? So, so to, to the, at the end of the day, we need to know, okay, what sort of behavior or what sort of utility we, we, should, we, should, we should take and highlight it and trick it and alert so that uh, adequate attention can be paid can be paid on those unusual activities so that we can act on it. Also yeah. want to hear uh, from Patrick, what do you do with In a virtual bank environment, we uh, rely on the lot of uh, third parties. There are a lot of communication with them. And we have a lot of data to share with them. So uh, we have to very carefully to onboard a uh, third party. Uh, how we do a security authentication is one of the key things we are working on. And the other thing is the ecosystem partner they, uh, has a lot of use case like our mother company. They have a lot of uh, use case scenario on daily life. The key thing is uh, when they have a, this data with our customer, how they do the aggregations and they know something more than they should know. This is one of the, our concerns we're working on. Uh, so we will carefully reveal all, what kind of data we're going to share with them. Our ecosystem partner, they use a lot of high technologies, including uh, machine learning and uh, artificial intelligence. And all these things can reveal this kind of algorithm also very important for us. Like uh, we, we use uh, uh, different technology like uh, face recognition. How can we bypass with face recognition? Is it possible we have something to inject to pollute the data and that we, we can make use the AI to make a one decision, uh, can make a uh, one interpretation of data? This is also something we really worry about. What are some of the trends that you see uh, in your own environment? Uh, I want to ask this of both uh, Ricky and Patrick. Are, are you seeing similar things or are, are there things that are, are unique to Hong Kong or, or to ASEAN? Technology can be used uh, for fraudsters. Uh, like uh, in, we just like a traditional bank, we, we face all kinds of fraudsters that come to uh, try to get money from our bank. Like uh, they try to open up an account, uh, they try to uh, make a uh, compromise our customer's device, log in the account, uh, make some fraudulent transactions, uh, uh, become a uh, fraudulent vendor to get uh, some business from us. Uh, so we use a lot of uh, a monitoring system. Or part, uh, the most important part is we have a lot of uh, control with our customer login. And the other layer we want to do is uh, we detect our customers. Uh, what kind of transaction they're going to do? Uh, for example, uh, if they usually do transactions at midnight, they have a high amount of transactions in the daytime, mid midday. will alert us to contact the customer or increase the authentication modules to ensure this guy is uh, the legitimate user. How big of an issue is uh, data theft with non-legitimate customers you know, trying to access the system as legitimate customers? That one uh, right now is not the biggest issue, in, at least in DBS right now. Uh, the biggest threat uh, we are facing right now, phishing attack, DDoS, ransomware, and how to secure ourselves from a new norm that means we work from anywhere, these sort of things. In terms of data theft, this topic is, is in the industry for, for a while already, and we, we have implemented quite a number of in, uh, uh, solutions or, or, or controls to, to mitigate those kinds of risks because of, of course, we'll never have risk-free environment 
but we are we are trying to to do as much as possible to mitigate the risk. To answer your question, uh, it is not unique to Hong Kong. All the uh, banks are facing similar problem. The question is whether we can emerging or merging them into integrated solutions or not. The thinking process, the design, those kind of infrastructure, even the mindset process governance model have to cope with that as well. Otherwise, simply implementing a tool might not help. So we exactly. can react to some of this point. The internal culture of the organization is often a much bigger question or challenge. Uh, it can be a force multiplier and an enabler of success. It can also get in the way of success. I can't tell you how many times we have had to get into debates about what PCI DSS 6.6 means. What does it mean when cardholder data is or is not present? Does it transit a system thusly? Does it get written to non-volatile memory? It's great to have those conversations, but you have to be willing to actually go read the source regulations, interpret them for yourself, and then have a debate. What you don't want is people saying that they were told by someone else that it has to be done a certain way. That is the amazing thing. How many customers that I've met who say, well, the regulation says I have to do X. That is not what the regulation says. The regulation often offers a complex set of choices. You can do A, you can do D, you can do C, you can self-certify, you can create a plan and you can have your plan audited, or you can do something very simple. Many people default to that or because they're not willing to do the work. I'm telling you that doing the work is what's going to allow you to deliver differentiated experiences and delightful experiences. I would strongly encourage you to be willing to go to first principles. And as Ricky was saying, from a cultural and internal organizational point of view, reopen the conversation and really get down to what is required and mandated. You'll be surprised. I have personally had customers say, I cannot believe it. I thought it was absolutely forbidden to do X, Y, Z, but you showed me the reg. I mean, we could have seen the reg. It's just that no one ever challenges these things. Everyone is afraid of these regulations. And so I find that one of the bigger impediments is a fear of reading regulations. And they're really not as scary. I personally read at least a few pages of each of the major regs in the countries where we do business. We are a new bank in Hong Kong. So we face a lot of regulatory requirements. Uh, we have to negotiate with external auditor regulators on a daily basis uh, to sort out something we are working on is comply with all the requirements. One interesting thing is we put these uh, requirements on table with everyone, every team, uh, join the discussion. Uh, I have a operation team to understand what technology is. When we implement something uh, on systems, uh, what's the impact to their operations? And all, all these discussions are relevant and uh, they will understand uh, what we're trying to do and sometimes we give us feedbacks uh, how we do uh, the control in different ways enhance them to work smoothly and when we're not compromised the security levels the discussion have to be uh, clear to everyone sometimes we have a very discussion so uh, this is my job try to explain uh, all these controls in a uh, business user mindset uh, let them understand why. what is the reason why we do this and what is the regulatory requirements and combine that, uh, what is the solution we want to uh, implement in, in our environments. And I think uh, uh, this has to be a corporate level discussions and everybody has to be uh, uplift their technology backgrounds to try to understand that. Integrated approach is definitely the way to go, but do you think the convergence of application and security also leads to the convergence of attack points? possibly leading to bigger impact on the compromise system? If yes, what additional security measures should be taken over and above the traditional methods?
If you think about an iPhone as an integrated device and you think about other devices that are much more open, where users are able to download much more um, content or software more freely, most people might agree that the iPhone is a little bit more secure. So I don't think it's the case that a converged platform is fundamentally less secure, that it's a trade-off. It's possible that it may be a little bit less secure, but you're picking up so many benefits, particularly in efficiency of the internal teams, that net balance is more favorable. The second thing though is that it's really not the security system or platform whether it's converged or not, that is the consistent attack surface. The consistent attack surface is in two simple categories, HTML, JavaScript, and CSS. That is the fundamental stack for any modern web application. That consistency has driven the attacker ROI through the roof. The reason you can have hackers and attackers and fraudsters hiring computer scientists and building attack packages that are literally operating at the DOM level and interacting with your web applications so convincingly is that you have a converged application stack. And that is an unfortunate reality of the entire internet and nobody's gonna get away from that. The other converged attack surface that you have is modern mobile devices that use APIs to communicate with the backend. Those API endpoints, again, represent a very consistent, well-organized and well-structured way of interacting with a backend application. So I don't think that looking at the convergence of the security stack is the right place to be concerned. It is your application stack, which is where the real value is stored that is already fully converged. Nobody can afford to move away from that. The costs are horrific and horrendous, but it's actually vital to catch up on the security side, get those efficiencies so that you can better defend what is already a fully converged attack surface. When you converge your application together, uh, you have to think carefully on the design, on, on security. Uh, for example, in the old days, all the applications that are siloed, they used local authentications. Now we use uh, Active Directory. Every application hold up the Active Directory to these authentications. This use case has changed, and how we do uh, uh, security is we um, have to secure the, the, the linkage between application and uh, Active Directory. And this is something new to us, and this is uh, we have to do it fundamentally on the design, make sure this is a, 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 a secure. And the other thing is when we have one single source of authentications, um, perhaps we use a different uh, technology to uh, safeguard the administration accounts, Converging application together doesn't mean that we are creating a single point of failure or we are, we are increasing the risk. If uh, we converge everything together, if that converged version hack or compromise, then we, we will destroy everything. In fact, converging application together means communicate uh, uh, to, uh, among different units, they share data so that one, one system is being compromised or there's yeah, something unusual. The, the, the data from other system take advantage from those indicators as well. And on top of that, if monitoring controls can analyze those kind of behavior or output or feedback from those units so that they can trigger and alert for management attention. What are the concerns uh, uh, in terms of uh, your evolving digital footprint, uh, maybe from Ricky and uh, Patrick? as you work a lot with third parties that create a wider ecosystem. And how is that convergent platform taking shape in your organization? Process always come first. That means um, um, before everything, we need to have a very well-defined process. Let's say, for example, if we want to introduce a new ecosystem partners, okay, 
what sort of process we need to go through, what sort of area we need to keep an eye on. We have to assess the risk of, uh, from security angle, and we have to talk to the vendor, to the ecosystem partner, see whether they compile with what we, what we need them to do, whether they compile with our standards, whether adequate security controls are in place, those kind of things. We should have a very robust, a comprehensive governance model and risk uh, control framework. And secondly, we have to make sure that the data being transmitted or being, being exchanged are, are well protected and how we use the data should not only from authorized or unauthorized perspective, but we respect the source of data. We have the responsibility to make sure that we use the data on a need basis uh, other than uh, some other purpose, that this is one of the uh, challenges that most organizations is facing because maybe they focus mainly on the functionality, but behind the scene, from risk control perspective, we do need this sort of uh, framework mindset and process in place to make sure everything goes fine. We understand what kind of, of uh, service we're going to exchange with our ecosystem partners. And the onboarding, system, onboarding process is very important. We understand what kind of control they have, compliance level they have, and regulator they're facing. Uh, and perhaps some backwards uh, hacking history of match our internal policy uh, uh, standards. Uh, is it aligned with what we uh, commit to our customer management? And the other thing is, uh, what kind of uh, service they're doing with us? And we, we need to really, really understand uh, what is the, they, they, they do on uh, processing the data information. We cannot uh, allow our, our ecosystem partner to do something that we, we don't expect. Uh, that is the bottom line. The technology they are using uh, is also one of the key elements that we, we need to understand. We need to carefully select our uh, ecosystem partner and the process should be in place. So what are you looking at? Are you, the, the numbers of attempts that you're multi-factor authentication, but what about the user experience, right? Uh, and uh, this, this whole idea of a contrarian measure, uh, I want to kind of get so me to talk about it as well, uh, because uh, uh, as good as your security measures as well, sometimes legitimate uh, customers' uh, experience and usage are, are also you know, uh, affected. I'd like to share two contrarian metrics that I don't hear uh, people talk about very often. The first one is what is your total number of logins per daily active user? So if you have a million daily active users and you had 2 million logins yesterday, that's two logins per daily active user. What we're finding is that the act of logging in, entering in the username and password is friction, literally, undesirable. It's not what the user comes to your website to do. I understand that we all need it. We all think that it's the core beginning of the experience. And in some ways it is, but that doesn't mean that we can't view that for what it is, which is an unnecessary from the user's point of view impediment to getting business done. It's not withdrawing money. It's not paying a bill. It's not helping me accomplish something in my life. It's something that's imposed on me in order to go do those other things. So the point of a contrarian metric is to get us to think differently about something that we all take for granted. And so I'm not saying that the login goes away or that the username and the password go away, but they can be refactored and refashioned. I'm saying that if you view it for what it is, which is effectively friction, then you can begin thinking differently about it, which is the core of an innovative approach to redesigning the product. We talk with our customers about how we measure that particular contrarian metric, number of logins per daily active user, and what steps we can take to reduce that number. Another contrarian metric is 
um, is how we think about MFA. If you ask most organizations, they can readily answer the question, what is my MFA success rate? They fire 80 MFAs and 20 of them fail and 80 of them succeed. So that's an 80% success rate. But my contrarian perspective is that every single time an MFA succeeds, you, the security practitioner, the owner of the risk engine failed. So you should measure the number of times that MFAs are successfully fulfilled in your organization as a measure of failure. And then all of a sudden that 80% doesn't sound so good because it used to be labeled the MFA success rate. It's gonna measure the same thing, which is that the number of times a user successfully fulfilled the MFA. But if you label it the risk engine failure rate, it's the number of times the risk engine inadvertently because it was insecure and unsure, imposed friction on a legitimate user then you can again begin thinking differently about it. I find that contrarian metrics, even ones as simple as relabeling an existing metric to really acknowledge what it is, can be very powerful in changing how we instrument and design our systems. This is particularly vital in light of open banking because open banking means you get to hold the liability, the cost, KYC and regulatory burdens, but somebody else gets to hold the user interface. And so if you aren't racing to make yours delightful, then you're gonna be left with a lot of cost and a not a lot of uh, user interface. You'll have the users, but the relationship with the user is going to be disintermediated. Vicky Patrick, today the metrics that you use, measuring MFA, for example, how are you managing that part of the user experience? It's always a debate. Security controls and user experience always have contradiction with each other. From security practitioner point of view, they might always have the mindset that, okay, we have to stand up, stand firm on our point because we need our measurement is whether we, we are we're secure or not. Customer journey is not our measurement. It's not in our scorecard. So none of my business. But from the other point of view, business side, they just focus on business, focus on customer experience, customer uh, focus on whether customers are happy or not. They might compromise or sacrifice security control because it's not their measurement on the, uh, either. Our organization should have a very comprehensive governance model that include all the stakeholders together. They have to exchange ideas. So how to strike a balance between user experience, customer experience, and security control is a beauty, is an art. In DBS, we do have this sort of uh, committee uh, whenever there's a new initiative like uh, introducing ecosystem partner, all the stakeholder security, business, um, compliance, security control. So everyone knows that, okay, we have to do it. This create an atmosphere, create a mindset or culture of the entire organization that we need to take care of every aspect of the issues and get the best solution. For us, we have a lot of... Uh... Uh, experience uh, with customers. Uh, they're very focused on customer uh, journey, uh, customer engagement. So uh, how we make our customer happy is one of the KPI for us. And for security is the same. Uh, for example, one very very easy to understand uh, measurement is uh, the system uptime. Make your customer can use your system. It's one of the key elements we focus. It can convert, become a security measures. Uh, technology measures for us to measure uh, how, how, how is our uptime and then match uh, these key elements uh, to measure the customer journey, customer happiness. From this discussion, uh, a few points that uh, we can take away from. Uh, one is the uh, integration of uh, organization, having a, a integrated technology or security fraud identity team and a platform 
strengthen and, and increase efficiency and control uh, to fight uh, fraud, right? Uh, and today, a lot of the barriers are organizational ones. Integrated approach is, to, is the way to go. It doesn't create a single point of attack, as uh, some of our audience uh, may think. Uh, and also in terms of the evolving uh, digital footprint that might expand uh, the security and fraud risk, having processes right to vet uh, the risk and to have a mitigation plan uh, is very important. Uh, now, we also discussed about the user experience, um, how uh, at the same time, uh, the mitigation and prevention measures are taken. The uh, the measures to uh, balance that uh, with user experience today do not necessarily sit within any one part of the organization, and as a result, may be overlooked. I believe that the topic today is very interesting and very useful for for all of us, including myself, because um, there's always uh, um, uh, argument regarding open what sort of tools we 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 have to acquire. I really want to point out is uh, management support and, and and organization cultures because the most powerful tool you have implemented in your firm without this sort of organization governance framework, we cannot take full advantage of the tools. We have to uh, encourage the risk culture and also management awareness and management support on cybersecurity, rather focus on business development, shareholder interest, those kind of things. So I believe it's key things to make cybersecurity a success factor. We need uh, to make a uh, management, they do their job, uh, understand uh, cybersecurity, uh, the, the importance of cybersecurity and the likelihood to get hacked or uh, what, what is the, the key focus we could put in the cybersecurity. Uh, so they actually understand what kind of issue there and what kind of uh, uh, solution we are proposing or what's the consequence of these kind of things. So uh, technology sometimes is very difficult for them. So we try to make it legitimate, uh, let them understand. This is a key message we've been doing here. Uh, we discussed uh, all these things, make our business people more understand what kind of uh, cybersecurity means to them. I would just leave you with one thought, which is that security is a much harder discipline to learn than the basics of business benefits and bottom line and revenue growth. So I would encourage you to not view your partnership with your colleagues as meeting in the middle, but rather an exercise in which you go three quarters of the way in their direction because they're not equipped to come in your direction. It's much too mm -hmm. arcane and complex and technologically grounded, and it's full of fear and uncertainty. If you just say to your business colleague, hey, are you gonna be responsible if we have a lot of fraud? They will, of course, back down. Nobody will ever stand up to that because you're the expert. And so it behooves us as security practitioners to go more of the distance in their direction. Your insight has been very useful. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Radio Finance. For more content, visit the Asian Banker website and follow us on social media.